All right, everybody. Thank you for joining me for another Her Wild Outdoors episode tonight. I, and yes, we're doing this on an evening. Uh, tonight, I have the honor of having my sweet friend, Sharenda Burtz, with me for this conversation. Sharenda, thank you. Thanks for having me back, Amy. Of course. Yeah, we got to talk. In fact, your podcast with Wilderness was a really good one. I had a lot of people kind of talk back in and chit chat about uh, that that meat eater uh, conversation that we had. <laughs> yeah, it's always so weird to hear feedback on my thoughts or opinions because, you know, sometimes I, I'm still getting mm-hmm. adjusted to there's actually one or two people that may care about what I think. Uh, there are a lot of people, including myself, that care about that. So, yes, um, it's important. And I think it's no matter what, it's important to hear everybody's opinions and and what they're thinking. And uh, I value yours tremendously. So I'm glad that we've been able to do this tonight just one-on-one instead of as with your group. As oh, much like- as much as I love your group, <laughs> I like talking to y'all one on one too. No, we can be we can be um, a handful <laughs> <laughs> in a good way, in the best way possible. No, I love every single one of you guys, and uh, that was from day one. It was from just the beginning of everything and it has meant the world to be considered a friend so thank you i reciprocate those same thoughts it's it's just always such a pleasure that you know there's so many different parents that want to share their children's experience and Mm -hmm. the parents and children's experience with us it's like there's no greater reward than that when a Mm -hmm. parent actually shows up with their child to do things with us yeah and it's it's also one I don't know I think I see parents when they bring their kids on adventures like that on hunts or fishing trips or anything like that and I I think that one of the things that stands out is when you see a parent teach and then step back and let their kid do it uh it's that that moment where you let go of the hand to let them teeter off and do a couple of things on their own and learn the lessons their way. Uh, it's very interesting to watch parents do that because we all do it differently. They all we all do things in a way that is different from one another. And so I just like to sit back and observe and see how other parents are doing it, but also let my kid de- do her thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't have children, so it's always interesting to, you know, it's that, it's like, I don't think some people realize how much of a, you know, a a present or Mm -hmm. a treat that it is to watch a mom or a dad, you know, their whole demeanor and emotions flash across their entire body when they are, when you visually see them let their child hand out. Agreed. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I think it teaches us not just, you know, watching parents. Like you said, you don't have any kids yet. And that's you're learning how to mentor whether you have a kid or not. You're learning how to teach by watching parents sometimes. Uh, And I think that that is a valuable lesson to walk into those situations and not just think, well, this doesn't really apply to me. It actually does. You learn a lot from that process, whether you're going to have hands-on mentorship with a child or just with somebody else that you're trying to teach. Agreed. And, you know, I've noticed that there is a difference with dealing, not even dealing, that's not the right word I want to use, but when I'm observing um, children that are called children of the outdoors and just, you know, regular kids that do regular things in sports, I notice there is a different level of maturity and an attention span. It's just something about kids that are learning how to fish Mm -hmm. or learning how to use a firearm. I mean, their attention to detail, their behavior, and their their respect of the people that are teaching them these things is totally different Mm -hmm. versus a kid that plays video games all day. Right, right. And for everybody who is wondering, Sharinda and I met when I took my daughter to an event that Wilderness had in Kansas. And it was for 
youth aged girls from like 11, 12 years old. It was about 12 years old on up to 18. And it was a situation where when I signed up, my daughter had not had her first deer uh, kill yet. And so it was exciting to be able to look forward to that and to be a part of her journey through that, but also to meet a group of women that I was excited to to hang out with and to see what they were all about. And so that's how we met because you came on a hunt with us, with my daughter and I, and uh, we were able to kind of observe with each other how my kid was going to do this and how she was going to respond to things. And I don't know. I think you, you and I both, you, (laughs) you got on video, me physically shaking with excitement with my daughter. And (laughs) we giggled about that for a while afterwards. Uh, I didn't, I don't ever get buck fever that bad, ever. I don't, well, after I take a shot, sometimes that will happen, but I have never gotten that bad. And it was just that long wait and that anticipation and waiting for a clear shot and letting her do it. I just was so excited. You know, and in case no one caught that on the previous um, podcast conversation we had, your daughter stood rock solid mm-hmm. on target for 20 minutes. And uh-huh. at that time, your daughter was, what, 12? Yeah. Yep. 12. I mean, to watch that type of commitment mm-hmm. and determination from someone so young was so impressive. And, you know, I can just hear her like literally saying on the video, I can't take an ethical shot yet, mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, you know, a big difference. The maturity level of this young lady was just remarkable. Oh, thank you. I, I do. I mean, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about observing kids who have been taught correctly in our community there isn't that maturity level there's that respect for who they are around and what they are around and the ability to slow down and listen and even though there was excitement there was still the ability to make decisions in the right way and uh you and I both were very proud of her that day, and we continue to be. It's We love that kid. Yes, we do. We do. We do. She was so mad. We, we I didn't bring her this past, what, two weekends ago for, to the camp. And I think we were all disappointed. I know I mean, it. You know, it was like after we hugged you, where's Ava? I know. I know it. I know it. It was, it was definitely, um, she will be coming next year. But after Kansas, I talked to you guys. It didn't take much, uh, let's be honest. But I talked to you guys into coming with me on a snow goose hunt. And for better or for worse, that was a fun hunt, uh, whether we saw geese or not. <laughs> it was fun, though. You know, that that was a fun hunt. And, you know, I think what was most entertaining to me was, you know, we I had just met you that day and me and you had, you know, had a conversation for the first time that weekend, too. Mm-hmm. And after hanging out with Ava, you know, Ava turns around to you and says, hey, mom, can they go on your goose hunt? Uh-huh. I was like, oh, how sweet is that? She <laughs> likes us enough to invite us to her mom's goose hunt. And that weekend... You know, it was, we didn't, you know, we didn't harvest anything, but I just remember laying out with, gosh, how many remember in our group? Eight. Yeah. Eight women chuckling from mm-hmm. four o'clock in the morning till it's what? True. 12 o'clock? In one the o'clock stinkiest in the rice field that was flooded. <laughs> and I mean, we just made the best of a hard situation. And for those who, we didn't see geese, the, the migration has been so off right now for ducks and geese in our area and that day we had we had little bitty crop planes circling us all day and I still don't know the reason for that whether it was them practicing for spraying fields or whatever it was but it was 
there was no way they couldn't have seen us. And so there was a little bit of frustration in it, but I feel like we all took it in stride and made the best of the cards that we were dealt that day and just chose to laugh and enjoy each other and take in the moment for what it was and what we were learning and go from there. And I think that that shows the flexibility of a hunter that we say it all the time. We're not, you know, hunting isn't just killing things all of the time. And that day proved it. One hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. agree. And you know, the takeaway from that particular hunt is we all took away a new bond and friendship mm-hmm. and new association. Like all, almost all, all the ladies that we were in the same group with, we all exchange information and keep in touch mm-hmm. um, on social media. You yeah. never know when our paths might cross again. I got to talk to another young lady Kim that harvested mm-hmm. um was it her first book yeah with the bow yes and- like it's just it was amazing all of those girls in there we've still got to get down <laughs> we've still got to go down and go frog gigging um with Leah that's like we've got to do that um but it was I do want to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was a way and I think that I don't know. We'll we'll talk a little bit about wilderness in this conversation, but there is a difference between organizations that just do trips, which is great. We need those organizations, especially for women. But there are also organizations that teach. And you guys are teachers. Yes, there are adventures and, and things that we do that I have even done with you guys. But there have it's all encompassing education. And learning. And that is learning a skill is so valuable. You hear it all the time. Teach a man, feed a, feed a man a fish. And, you know, that's his meal for the day. But teach a man to fish and he's got a meal forever. And that's kind of the mindset that I feel like you guys, I don't, it just, it explodes out of you that it's to teach is to pass on information and to learn and to grow no matter your level of competency in any of it it is all about learning and i just love that that has to be my favorite part of our organization too is especially you know i still consider myself i guess i can't call myself new anymore i'm intermediate Mm -hmm. but there's still so much that I need to learn, so much that I want to learn, and it never fails that no matter what I think I know, there's always a different perspective where it's like, huh, I learned something new today. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I've also learned how to deal with different personalities on different levels. Like, the weirdest thing ever was I had... We, it's not pheasant season yet, but you can hunt pheasants on game and farms. My friend that is a vegetarian was upset with me because she didn't get invited to go wild. And Aww. I was like, woman, it was not an invite thing. You know, I shared the info and you come. You don't need a personal invitation mm-hmm. from me. And she's, gosh, I don't know the correct term, but she's, I think she considers herself vegan. She won't eat meat or fish or products of those things. So I don't know the correct terminology. Yeah. Vegan. Okay. So apologies for anyone that it may offend that I got Mm -hmm. it incorrect. But she was like, well, you know, I like, you know, I told her what the situation was. And I was like, you know, I've invited you to things. And before you even get all the details, you immediately just shut it down. So after a third invite, you don't show, there are no more direct invites. Mm -hmm. You, You know where we are, you know how to find us, you show up. And she mentioned go wild and I was like, well, I like outdoor activities. And I'm like, but you think everything I do is hunting, which that is most of the things that I like to do. But we have a whole, you can't judge my social media off our organization's right. social media. That's why you need to follow both. Right. I said, but knowing that in the future, I will make sure you know about outdoor activities. And so she was like, you know, you're right. And she was like, I am a little close-minded. So she invited herself to come watch our hunt her 
pheasant hunt. Wow. Which I was shocked. I yeah. was like, okay, my vegan friend came to watch us hunt. And she was like, well, you know, I like the fish and I've seen some of the fishing things you guys, you know, well, not fish, but she said, I like to cast. Right. I just don't want to touch the fish. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, you know, if you cast and catch something, you bring it in, we can unhook your fish for you mm-hmm. and throw it back or either keep it or you can pass it on to someone else after we clean it. I was like, you know, our events, we try to make sure that we incorporate different um, diversities, dynamics. Mm-hmm. And if you want to cast or you want to learn how to cast, then come on. And if you don't want to touch the fish before because of your beliefs or practices, then, you know, we have a whole network that will understand and do that for you. Yeah. And she's like, oh. I never thought to ask. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I keep telling you guys to let us know what you need and we'll try to make it happen. Yeah. So it's all about that creating. It is, but it's all about creating that conversation. And I think that we've talked about it a lot on this podcast about how finding that common ground and then growing from there is all we need to do. It's not about winning a conversation or winning an argument or or bringing you over to our side it is about finding common ground because then relationships grow and that's that could be over a new skill that's found and we just we were learning how to forage at go wild we were learning how to uh cook over uh, an open fire cast iron there were so many things that even stepped away from, I mean, I taught photography. Like I didn't even teach any hunting skills whatsoever. <laughs> I was just teaching people how to take pictures. And so I think- And those women loved you for that. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> it, it does, you guys offer events for people who like the outdoors. And yes, you sift through the things just like you would anywhere else, the things that don't work for you, but you would find things that would work for you. It's exciting. Um, I uh, I think that that kind of goes into, I, we haven't even introduced how you even began into the hunting community. And I would love to hear that as well as I think other people would. So give us a little bit about who you are and how this whole thing started for you. Well, I am Sharenda. I am one of the founding members with wilderness.org. And, you know, I don't have an amazing story that led me to hunting, but um, just a quick little rundown. Um, when I first started learning how to use a firearm, it was not easy trying to get the help that I need mm-hmm. and figure out where I would go. I could go to a safe place to learn. So there it was different um, pathways that I took. But I also made note the, the difficulty that I had getting started made me wonder how many women and just in case anyone isn't aware I am a black woman Mm -hmm. and I'm also considered middle age I will be how old will I be let me carry the one 44 this year (laughs) I carry the one (laughs) so I'm also a late bloomer Mm -hmm. um I've only been um utilizing and learning how to use firearms for I believe this is going on year five now Mm -hmm. and I've started year three not my third season but year three of um, hunting oh of hunting yeah firearms and hunting yep so i keep joking with everyone and telling them well i'm only three days old hunting (laughs) but because i immersed myself and trying to immerse myself so deeply into it a lot of people just assume that i've been hunting for a while Mm -hmm. which is not the case so it was just one of those things where I wasn't great you know I, I'm, a, I'm a decent um, I'm a decent shooter mm-hmm. but I wasn't great but I always want to try to better myself and get updates and pick up skills or build up on the skills I already have yeah so for some reason someone took me to go uh, shoot sporting clay now mind you I had not shot a shotgun I was horrible at it <laughs> um <laughs> I kept, uh, I couldn't hit a thing, Mm -hmm. couldn't hit a thing, but 
you know, I grew up an only child. I do have siblings. So my social dynamics with people and how I perceive things are, you know, probably a little bit well, way different on how some other people would take things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not easily offended. And I can speak my mind if and when I choose because, you know, I have the mentality that sometimes it's not worth wasting the argument yeah. on someone that's not going to listen. Yeah. And I also come from an IT background. So I prefer to deal with facts and directness. I mm-hmm. don't like coddling. Well, for me, I don't like people coddling me. Right. So it was a, a gentleman that knew that I couldn't shoot well. And he worked for the conservation. And he told me one day when we were shooting, well, he was shooting plays and I was missing plays. <laughs> and he just turned around to me and he goes, you suck. <laughs> and I just looked at him and I go, well, why don't you be the solution to my problem and show me how not to be such a crappy shooter? Yeah. So he just kind of looked at me for a second and he was like, well, come here. And he pulled me over to the side and he gave me a couple of tips on form and you know, just gave me a little pep talk and told, you know, just told me how to relax. And then he said, now, when you get your butt back out there, you're going to stand next to me and you're going to hit a clay. And I hit my first clay. Ah, yes. And it was after trying for a year and, you know, I think that was the moment I fell in love with shotguns. So I found a sporting clay league. I didn't have any skills. And it was a woman's sporting clay league here in Kansas City called um, Powder Creek Ladies League. They were really welcoming when you show up. And that's also important to me. I don't like showing up at women events and no one welcomes you. Right. It drives me nuts. Yes. It drives and it. I feel like it. I, I feel like it doesn't relax you enough to enjoy yourself mm-hmm. when you feel like the so, outsider mm-hmm. exactly and it's always easy to what the kids call click up and yeah. you know it it happens but click should be welcoming that's mm-hmm. how i look at it yeah so i wasn't good or anything but we had fun we had coaches that volunteered our time and the more i shot clays and a little bit you know I got I got better mm-hmm. I'm not a great fantastic brag on anyone shot but you know I might I surprise a few people and then again I have I have great days and then I have days where it's like I don't even know why I even got out of bed this morning because <laughs> I didn't get anything <laughs> yep I have had and, those days too <laughs> oh my goodness and like one of the ladies I had mentioned that you know I wouldn't mind learning how to hunt i just you know the same problem i don't come from a family background of firearm handlers or especially hunters so i was like i don't know where to get started i did go out on my own and get hunter's education to Mm -hmm. have it just in case if the opportunity came up which is one of the things i am advocating with everyone i can get hunter education and not need it versus COVID that happened last year when you couldn't get it. Right. So that that's my two cents right there. <laughs> I'll take and it. I'll take it. I agree with you. <laughs> she gave me a flyer and told me, you should go to the Pheasants Forever Clinic. I've been to it before. They're great. And I showed up and surprisingly, I, I was really the only black person there and another girl showed up. And for me, that was stepping outside of the box because I'm like, I'm driving to this area I'm not familiar with by myself. And, you know, people that were there spoke to you were welcoming. They were busy, but they were um, getting getting you situated. And that's how I met my buddy, Jess, because she showed up too. And she waved me over and was like, you know, we gave each other eye contact from across the room. And, you know, I smiled. She smiled. She was like, you could come over here. And that's how we became buddies. <laughs> kindred spirits and right there. Kindred spirits. You know, that one friendly face that made sure that, you know, hey, if you're uncomfortable, you can come hang out here with me. We may not ever speak to each other again, but we can both mm-hmm. relax and just yeah. chill out. And they had a practice session. Um, one of my mentors, uh, he's now my mentor, uh, he was coaching. He volunteers his time coaching. 
And it was funny because he was like, did you bring your A game? And I'm like, no. Because yeah. <laughs> I had no idea who this guy was. And he's like, yeah, I hope you had your coffee. I heard about you. You don't act right until yeah. you have coffee. <laughs> so I'm like, I told him, I said, okay, this is kind of creepy. How do you know I like coffee? <laughs> and he told me he was one of the coaches at the range that we shoot at. And I was uh... like, oh, okay. And when he told me his name, I recognized it. And he got me on some clays and it was great. And we literally walked the line and he parted me with somebody where if he missed, I followed up and vice versa. And it was so much fun. And then we went and chased after birds. Mm -hmm. And I think I harvested one that day. I did not enjoy that day. Not anything against the organization, but one of the ladies that we were hunting with. She shot over the photographer's head. Oh, my goodness. She muzzled me, and I was like, I am done. They were done with her. Yeah. It's like, oh, my goodness. I took a picture of that lady, and I'm like, if she ever comes to another event, I would not be on the same team with her. No. It, it is. That's It's scary. I've had somebody shoot over me before, and it is one of those things that, you know, it happens once, and you redirect, and you teach, and you never do it again. And when it happens again and again, it just, oh, it scares you, and it, it is not a safe situation. You know, sadly, I was more terrified of the photographer that was there than I was when she puzzled me because I was thinking, oh, my God, she's got to shoot this guy. And I, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Pheasants Forever just kind of got me hooked on birds. It was, I, I can't explain it. It's just something about, oh, so let me back up one step medical background mm -hmm. um i have scoliosis um, my back was severely crooked to where my hip and leg were a half inch shorter and at one point my hip locked up so i opted out of surgery and did this long two-year process of getting my back straightened and lots of physical therapy knee braces back braces neck braces all at the same time it wasn't i had to wear all the stuff at the same time and I had to walk with a cane for a while <sighs> so i think i am most in love with pheasant hunting because you know one of the things my doctor told me was you need to get outside and yeah. you just need to walk around and relax well it's the it got to the point where when i was able to walk i didn't want to stop walking mm -hmm. so learning how to shoot segued over to learning how to hunt and you know just walking to go find birds and you don't even think about sometimes yo i walked five miles or i walked six miles and you come home with one or two birds and you know you put in work to you harvest do. this animal mm -hmm. and then you take you it's a thing where you go home and you you know clean it again and you cook it and you just think about what you did and for me each time I harvest something I just think about wow three years ago I literally couldn't walk mm -hmm. and wow. now here I am out here chasing birds and you know I've nicknamed myself little teapot because <laughs> I'm usually the, the shortest so uh -huh. it's hard keeping up with these long-legged folks See, that's why we just hunt together <laughs> oh my goodness and you know you have you have these guys and women it's not just men turn around are you okay you need a break and you're like no for every one step you take i have to take two or three <laughs> yeah i feel you on and, that <laughs> yep and last year i hunted with a torn meniscus disc and mm. i didn't tell anybody that i just knew what my limitations was you know there were you know the core four of wilderness note but there were a bunch of guys giving me a hard time are you gonna be able to keep up this year when we go hunting i'm like yes but you guys didn't realize i had a torn meniscus disc so i had to stop and rest right. a lot and they're looking like oh you didn't say anything and i'm like well i know my limitations mm -hmm. and i didn't want them to because men have a tendency as hard as they try they don't even realize that they have a tendency to coddle and baby us when we don't need it at times yeah you want that to be your choice 
You want it yes. to be the choice to ask for help versus it being given without that request. Yeah. Yes. Now, if you want to hold my hand while I hop out the truck, that's great. Yeah. We love gentlemen. There is a difference. Yes. We love our gentlemen. Yes. We love gentlemen, but I don't need you to carry my bird because I have a sore knee. Yeah. I'm going to carry that bird because I shot it. <laughs> it's yes. my but, bird. You know, that's just that's just good. That's good. Um, upbringing and yeah, those, are, those are gentlemen and they just can't help it because it's just in their nature and it's I true. totally appreciate and respect that so man don't stop being gentlemen yeah Stay gentlemen. We want to keep you. Short people. Yeah, Yeah, we want to keep you. Mm -hmm. No, I get that. I get that. And your like your story and your your journey through this, Sharenda, your journey, even though it didn't it hasn't been that long, has been so packed full of experience that Truly, you can't say, like you said earlier, you can't say you're a new hunter anymore. You are an experienced hunter. It doesn't mean that you don't have anything left to learn. It just means that you have experience to pass on to somebody else and to say this worked or this didn't work. And I think that we as women are bad at this. And it's something that we have to stop. We are bad at not believing that we have something to give back because of the time that we might have only been in it. Well, I've only been in it for this long. I don't necessarily feel like I need to teach. or And, and it's something that even I sit there and think, well, I've only been in this for 10 years. Uh, maybe I need to sit back and let somebody else teach. Heck no. My job is to teach from the experience that I have. I'm never going to claim ever that I'm an expert because I think an expert is somebody who has learned every single thing that they can learn and they have nothing else to learn. I will never claim to be an expert, but I will claim, dadgummit, that I'm an experienced hunter that has something to give back. I have something to give back, to teach, and... It will go to where my experience has ended, and then I will hand off to somebody who has had the next most experience. But I think that we need to stop shortchanging ourselves and take pride in the fact that we do have this experience, and you do have a you have more experience than I do in in bird hunting. I've never upland game hunted at all. Nothing. I have, have it. I have not. I have hunted rabbits. I have hunted ducks. I've hunted geese. I have never hunted pheasants or quail or anything that where I would be in a field looking for a bird. Uh, and so I think that rabbit over beagles was the closest that I've gotten to something like flushing out. But no, I have, you have experience that I do not have. So... I would be learning well, we from you. We definitely need to change that. <laughs> we know. definitely have to change that. I know it. We'll, I foresee we'll a girl squad. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, you had to get this shoulder fixed and or I would have been at pheasants forever. Like it, it we'll we'll figure it out, but it is it's something that it's something that we should take pride in, right? It's something that Agreed. we should say I should be able to look at you and say, Sharenda, you have this experience. Can you please teach me a little bit about this? And you go, yes, I will teach you to this point because that's as far as I've gone. And then so-and-so can take you from there. Not, hey, I don't have the experience. Let me go ahead and push you off to somebody else. But claim that because you might have skills in teaching me in a way that that other person might not have. And we all learn differently. So... Yeah, I think it's just, it's, I've said it before, we need more women teaching rather than just more women hunting. It's so valuable to have a female voice in there giving Agreed. advice and giving information. And you guys do that well. Agreed. And I also noticed amongst us that it's so easy for us to be comfortable to teach our circle. Mm-hmm. And some of the 
can I say a cuss word? Some of you the can. You most can. Badass women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are so nervous in front of large crowds and think, I can't do, you know, I'm not, like you said, I, I'm not great enough or knowledgeable at this. And, you know, like, especially within my circle, I'm like, BS, you got this. Correct. This is nothing any different than when we were at home. And if you, you know, I'm constantly telling people, if you need to use me as an example of don't be a Sharenda, I'll be right up there with you. Yep. Hold, yeah. You know, we need to hold each other hand and that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I agree. We we are, women are our worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Just our personal worst enemy. We don't think that we're great. And there are so many women within our circle, known and unknown, that are just some amazing women. And it's just, you know, we need to learn how to take control of that mm-hmm. and just assert, your, assert ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. And not have to be the perfectionist. Because I am. I want y'all all to hear it. I'm a perfectionist. I like things. I like to know everything before I do it. And I have to get out of that comfort zone sometimes to learn. A lot of times to learn. And so it is a constant step forward and backward and forward and backward sometimes in my brain. And it is that push. It is that... Amy, you don't have to know everything perfectly in order to be there. And you don't have to know everything perfectly to teach. All you have to do is be open. All you have to be willing to do is to be put in a position where somebody comes up and asks you a question that, oh my goodness, I know the answer to that and and speak out to it. It's not hard. It's not the expectation isn't for you to be perfect. It is for us to learn from each other and to walk alongside of each other. And it, it kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, that whole straighten each other's crown. It's uh, my crown is constantly at a 45 degree angle. <laughs> it, it always is. And it's because I've put it there like that. And I need to realize that it is usually on straight and I'm the one that has tipped it into one way or another. And uh, I'm grateful for a tribe of women and men, but for a tribe of women who can notice when I've done that to myself and say, hey girl, mm -mm, straighten that back up. Hold your head high, hold your head high. Uh, Also call me out and be accountable, but, but to when I am holding myself back, say, no, 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 stop that. You've got this and we've got your back right behind you, supporting you all the way through. No matter what platform you are on, no matter what group you are a part of, if you are ethically doing these things in the right way, in the legal way, then we should be supporting each other. And that's it. In a respectful way. Mm-hmm. In a respectful way. You're correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We've, we've had conversations about that. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it is, we need each other. We don't need to be against each other. And I think that when you find, and you've seen it recently, I have been preaching about this. When you find that tribe, when you find that group that holds you accountable and and tells you, hey, that's you've got this. You hold on dearly to them. And I'm glad I've got y'all in a firm grasp. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I think another thing that we, you know, women we're we're supposed to be emotional creatures based off of you know history Mm -hmm. and what society has fed into us but we also need to learn how to just take a breath and realize when someone is offering you suggestive criticism or advice Mm -hmm. It's not meant to make you feel bad, and it's, it, it shouldn't make you emotional mm-hmm. or hurt your feelings. Now, if they do it in a malicious way, That's yes. different. That's different. That's yeah. different. But if someone pulls you to the side and, and, and give you some advice, just listen to it. Mm-hmm. Consider it. Yeah. 
And especially if they do it, you know, if they if they mean it for you to improve upon what you're doing or how you're doing something, then I think that that's actually, you know, showing you a certain level of respect, letting yes. you know that, hey, what you're doing is good. But I may know a little bit more than you, so let me give you this mm-hmm. advice because they want to see you succeed grow. and grow and be better. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, I do I do have a big question for you. Uh yes, ma'am. <laughs> I wonder, because I was I was talking with a friend today about this podcast and you know, I've had in the past men who or a, a person who has asked me to be a part of something, not because he couldn't sympathize with women that he talks to, but he can't empathize with them. And I'm sitting here across the telephone from you right now going, I can empathize with you as a woman, but I cannot empathize with you of a person of a different color of my skin. I can't. I won't ever try to. I have never been in your shoes other than the female side of it, but entering into our outdoor community, not only are you a woman, which already puts you down into a lower percentile of our, our industry and our community and all of that, but you are an African-American woman in our community. And I wonder when you entered the hunting world and the shooting world, has it changed much or has it grown or what was that like? And that might be, I might not be asking the right question or I don't want you to hear me be disrespectful because you know I would never do that. But I'm, I am truly interested in how that has affected you entering this community. It has definitely been interesting um both (laughs) it's a great word (laughs) you know both socially and politically Mm -hmm. um i haven't really said much about it on my social media and every once in a while when i get really upset or something bothers me you know maybe once or twice a year i may post something because i try to um do anything that involves hunting and firearms. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to do it from my perspective of learning, growing, not being intimidated by it because there's so many other accounts and so many representation on, you know, I have to be tactical Jane. Mm -hmm. I have to be, you know, this sexy painted face carrying a 50 cal pulling a Mm -hmm. 300 pounds something behind me and you know it's the mark the industry is saturated with that yep um one thing that i've had some difficulty with is trying to figure out how i can work this um (laughs) yeah my friends that know me welcome me Mm -hmm. um people that don't there's three groups people that don't know me that don't care about my nationality welcome me there are people in the hunting and the firearm community that really don't feel like that i should be involved um i've dealt with those situations um, I, I, cho- I don't chose to broadcast things like that on social media, but if some, and I don't gossip, mm-hmm. but if someone comes to me directly and asks me my opinion about a person or a political party, and I know, and, and I feel like we can have a conversation, mm-hmm. we'll have a conversation and I'll tell you why I don't like this person for whatever reason, mm-hmm. but you know, I have, there's so many people that say you have to fight for your two way rights and, you know, you need to don't tread on me. But at the same time, I still may get racially profiled and pulled over Yeah, by the 
back the blue that you so much love and I don't have anything against police officers. I, I actually have a brother that's a police officer, friends, but just like not all people are good, not all cops are good. Mm-hmm. I actually have had that happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody made a big deal when if, if, if it was a nephew or an uncle that shared the story, but so many people got offended when I told them what happened that they literally wanted to go for this cop's badge and make his, his life miserable. And it's like, yeah, that's not necessary. I don't need you to do that for me. Mm-hmm. I need you to do that for the collective. Yeah. yeah. And it's, 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 it's a pick and choose or, you know, sometimes I find myself in situations where I see some people's posting on our social media and it's not memes. Like they'll literally be giving videos about, Oh, example, Kaepernick. It's so disrespectful that he took the knee and this and this and that. And that may be the case on how you feel, but you didn't take the time to understand what he was doing, mm-hmm. why he did what he did. There's, there's different perspectives. There's reasons for everything everyone feels how they feel about one subject or another mm-hmm. no one has these conversations no nope. so when i'm in crowds when people are talking about oh two way this five figure rights this or you know two way is for everyone and i still go into some gun ranges and some shops and everybody is looking at me like i don't belong hmm that, that still happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the hunting community, there's been, a, I noticed there's been a spike in push about go knock on doors and ask you to hunt their land. And I'm thinking to myself, um, some of these areas where you go and knock on doors and ask them to hunt their land, if I check the census mm-hmm. and the population of African-Americans says zero, I may be stereotyping, but something tells me about that area, black people aren't welcome. And that's a that's and, that is a feeling that you have. That is a a fear that you have. It is a fear. Mm-hmm. It it is a fear. There have been some hunts that I didn't go on because I've told people I am not driving through that area. Hmm. And they're like, "Oh, you're just being closed minded." And, you're doing reverse stereotype. And I'm like, well, you just made an assumption and you didn't think to ask me why. Mm-hmm. You know, I have I have legitimate reasons about why. Yeah. Or, you know, everybody assumes if I'm because I'm an African-American woman, there's been a push for us to take control of learning how to use firearms and purchase them. Well, everybody just assumes that, oh, well, Sharenda, she's black. She deals with firearms. They think, oh, well, you do a lot of tactical defense training. And I'm like, um, actually, no, I'm more of a shotgun shooter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I deal with so many different stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But I, but in fairness, I actually deal with more people that don't care that I'm black. They're just happy that I'm yeah. a woman that wants to learn. Yeah. They're happy to give me information. I also, at the same time, where I'm dealing with stereotypes and prejudices in the 2A and the hunting community, the other 50%, what can we do to get more African-American women? You know, they're like, what What can we do? How right. can we help you? And, you know, we, we sit and we have conversations or, hey, I got a friend that didn't get a chance to register because she just found out. Was she here? Yes tell her she's not going away without the experience she's going to have because you know they want to they want me and whoever may you know what other african-american woman may show up to Mm -hmm. go and share that you're welcome here you're a person that wants to learn how to do this you just come you know there's i got friends that'll show up at events that i can't even go to because they'll say hey what do you know about this group oh they're cool I would go to this so-and-so, but I'm going to be out of town. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go. Good. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy that I can offer a pin. You know, I've actually had people reach out to me on social media that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is going to sound weird, but 
what are your thoughts on this range? Because me and my mom and I were going to go. Yeah. Okay, well, let me share my thoughts with you about this range. From It's my perspective, but, you know, it's a black woman's perspective that was in the same predicament you are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also... There's also the issue that's come up a time or two where you're having conversations. I think the mo- the one that annoys me the most where I hear, oh, well, you know, I grew up in the hood or I grew up around black people. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> it's ignorance, right? It's ignorance. It is. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I technically didn't grow up in the hood. Mm-hmm. So we're but thanks not for thinking. There. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Good. Like you've got experiences that I didn't have. It, it's, yeah. you know, it goes back to I receive stuff as a woman I get responded to as a woman that I consistently think in my head did you say that because I am a woman or did you say it because you thought I didn't have experience or did you say it because I'm short or did you say it because I'm white like all of these things go through our brains right there are all of these things that we are kind of predisposed to being defensive about or putting boundaries up about and it is a constant check in my system of okay maybe he didn't ask it because of that or maybe he did how do I respond how like what is my response going to be and I'll tell you a lot of times it is frustration it is frustration to be pushed off And to even sometimes not even be given an answer to a question or to be treated as though I wasn't even there for myself. Like there are those kind of situations that I have to have to check myself and say, okay, who am I? I do so. What's my response going to be? Is it going to be above the level of response that I received? I hope so. I truly hope so because I would rather walk out with my head held high than feel as though I just filled every single predisposed vision uh, that they had of me. Like I would rather leave on the uphill than leave on another level. And sometimes that means I have to bite my tongue. And sometimes that means that there can be an, an, a conversation with education involved. It really depends on my tone that I set with them. And it sucks sometimes. Like it really does. And I, I hate and I don't even mean to compare apples with oranges but it's it's more about the mindset right because I can't control what somebody else does but I can control I can damn well control how I respond and it is sometimes not well <laughs> if I'm honest and and sometimes it is well and it's something that I would hope that the person that I'm dealing with walks away going, okay, I was just proven wrong. And I'm glad to have had that conversation with that woman. That's how I wish that every conversation would go or that every situation like that would go. It doesn't always. And sometimes I just have to walk away going, there's no changing this person. And that's not on me. That's on them. A hundred percent on them. And I think that it goes back to each individual person is different. Just like you were saying about each person that you were talking about, each person is different. Each person has a different reason for why they respond the way that they respond. My job is to have a conversation. That's okay. My job... My job is to have a conversation with that person in a way that we can both learn from each other. That's it. I That is, I don't ever want to assume that a person is one way or another. 
I want to go in with an open mind and an open heart. And I think that that covers every spectrum of our world, not just the hunting and shooting and angling connections and community. It covers everything. It covers your day-to-day in the grocery store or at work. It covers driving down the road. It covers all of all of every situation is being op- having an open heart and an open mind and just being able to listen without listening to respond. Just listen. And yes. and I think that that would change a whole lot. That would change how women are treated in our community. It would change how all of the different diverse people who are joining at an extremely high rate in our community, it would change how we are receiving people. It, it changes how they feel. Like you said, walking into a group and, and being welcomed. Well, what about the gay and lesbian community? What about our African-American community? Man, the Korean community actually has been a huge jump in our hunting and fishing community and shooting sports. Like it is, the United States is such a diverse country that I love walking. I loved walking into Go Wild and seeing so many different kinds of women so many it was it made my heart happy to be able to sit down and have a conversation with somebody who is from a different part of the country who uh our body shapes are different whether they're tall short (laughs) larger smaller like all of these different types of women different colors different ethnic backgrounds different languages like we have such an opportunity right now to open that up and to be receiving versus being in that click that is holding back and great I love that you were a part of it in fact I don't even I walk in and I I I look at you and I don't even see color. I, I'm, I know that you are proud to be an African-American woman and I'm proud of that for you, but I see Sharenda and I see your heart and I see your love and your desire to teach and I love it. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, just, it's just, it. you know, I'm still, I don't know, I guess because, you know, I did grow up as the only child. I didn't really have the type of dynamics and interaction mm-hmm. with other women or other people as I do now. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, huh, I feel like I just walked in into a big old group of siblings now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Definitely. being able to just be yourself. And yes. that's the biggest part is just being able to be accepted for who you are, to be encouraged to be a better version of who you are constantly and to grow uh, as a hunter, as a shooter, as what you want to be, not what somebody thinks you should be. And uh, yeah, I love that you do that because you do that well for people around you. And, um, and I applaud you for it. Thank you. It's it, you know, sometimes it's, yeah, I, I feel like I'm in like one of those weird positions where I'm not I'm not necessarily the face, but I'm the face mm-hmm. from both um, an African-American and a white perspective. Like I there's you know, I have other um, African-American people have a conversation with me about. So, I mean, you know, it drives me nuts when, you know, I've had people approach me. Hey, I see you're out there doing, you know white girl stuff <laughs> I'm sorry I'm gonna crack up at that <laughs> so you know I used to I still get it but I used to get you know just every every interaction I had with people I know or didn't know so you're out there doing white girl things mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm immediately you know at first I was like what and so now I'm like why does it have to be white Mm-mm. these are skills that I feel like 
everybody should know. And even yes. if you choose to not submerge yourself into doing it on a regular like I do, mm-hmm. never hurts to learn how to do the skill. Agreed. Now, and I tell them, if you came from a family background that did this, would you really be saying to me, I'm out doing white girl things? How come I just can't be doing outdoor things? Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, I have to tell um, people that, you know, if I'm dealing with, you know, out, outdoor communities, I'm not what you see on TV. Yeah. Just because you've seen a commercial on about love and hip hop. Yeah, that's not the dynamics on how African American people are, or you know, dealing with people assuming that they haven't had much interact interaction with um, you know African American people that mm-hmm. they have to tiptoe around me because they never know when I might snap, and I'm like, that's a stereotype right there. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'm, I might I am snap not before what you, you see on TV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'll I'll do is you know, actually since I didn't really think I had a bad temper, you know I had moments, but once I started handling firearms, that has totally chilled me out because mm-hmm. where yeah. somebody can go off in two seconds and half of you know half of a second. I've already dissolved the situation and I can walk away because it is, you know, it's just easier. It would be so much easier to lose your temper knowing that you may be carrying and something goes wrong, but it's mm-hmm. so much easier to just walk away. Yeah. Okay. To not go off. And, you know, usually if I'm talking, <laughs> if I'm talking very calmly and low, that's probably when you need to be concerned because uh-huh. I am really upset <laughs> and I am trying my hardest to not make a scene yeah and you know another thing that's been hard for me is um you know i don't represent 100 percent the views and thoughts of all african-american women or people now you represent You're, you i represent me i represent a small percentage of people that may have the same personality and mm-hmm. thoughts as me but you know i i can't speak for every African-American woman that may want to do um, outdoor firearm activities. Correct. You are you, and I am grateful that you are you. And I am grateful that, I mean, shoot, I, whenever I talk to my kids and they have done something that they need corrected on, I get down in their face and I speak quietly. And that is when they know they need to watch it. And it is... I don't know if, if, if it's the same for you, but going through gun safety, going through carrying permits, going through uh, hunter safety and all of that, I think it has created a person in me that slows down. It slows down that moment and it slows down not in a dumb way, but in a way of I'm able to collect myself and make choices in a way that is better. It's better than exactly. it used to be. It's better than, and I think that that's what we are passing on. Like I'm passing on to my kids. It's what I'm passing, hopefully passing on to people who are listening th- to this and okay. who come to classes. And I think that it's just important to keep that vision in front of us, to slow down, to have conversations and to learn more about you as a person and as an outdoorsman and as a, a shooting clays phenomenon. <laughs> like it's, it is, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. I have just loved getting to know you and I hope that people listening are going to be doing the same thing. So, uh, Will you tell us a little bit of how to find you and how to follow you? And uh, we'll close this podcast up and we might have to have another one in the future. I think that that will be in order. But go ahead and tell people how they can follow you, Sharenda. So on Facebook, we are listed as Wild Herness and it's spelled W-I-L-D-H-E-R. N E S S. Our website is willturness.org. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram, it's underscore willturness yes. underscore. Yeah. They, they can also go find you too. 
Yeah, I'm listed as pink shears. Mm-hmm. Um, all one word. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, you're going to get a lot of coffee, <laughs> a lot of cups, a lot of goofiness, a lot yeah. of wilderness too. But, you know, you get to see a glimpse of a lot of our personality on my social media. <laughs> and I love it. I love every bit of it. But no, you guys go go follow Sharonda. Go follow Wild Herness. Learn about all of the opportunities uh, to grow as an outdoor woman in in our community. And that's where that's where you go to learn that. So thank you, Sharonda. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And can I say one final Sharendaism to the audience? Yes, I love these. In order for us to grow the outdoor activities and make it welcoming, I think it's very important that not only do you invite other ethnic backgrounds into the activity, just how I mentioned that it's nice to go into a room and be welcomed. Mm Mm-hmm. I think you need to reverse it and go into the communities mm-hmm. and show that they're they're welcomed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't just invite people in. Go to where they are. Go. Yes. Go to. Uh, go to dinner. Shoot. Go, go, yes, to, go to dinner. Go to dinner. That's how we have relationship is by sitting around a table and having a meal. Not. Yeah. It's just. Uh, Easy. It is easier than you think it is. Uh, it really is. Mm-hmm. All you gotta do is ask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're welcome around my dinner table anytime, and oh, I yes. know that I'm welcome with you anytime. And I can't yes, wait. Yes, you are. And can't yes, wait. 2022 mm-hmm. pheasant season. I'll be there. That shoulder should be healed. I and, will be you there. Know, we got like multiple <laughs> houses and guest bedrooms for you to stay yes. in. And Ava needs to come too. Yeah, I know. Shotgun. <laughs> I know. She is ready. She is ready, and she has already told me that that's in the plan. So we will be there. Thank you, Sharenda. Thank you, Amy. You enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks for having me on. And of course, I'll be bugging you about my weekend. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right, you have a good week.